0: Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming today. Got a little break in the heat. All right, I could walk guy today, he was happy. The other days he wasn't happy. <laughs> I know, it was too but several people said stop me like, "Oh, it's so nice to walk and enjoy it today." <laughs> yeah, you got to watch the pads, right? All right, well, welcome. Good to have you today. We continue and welcome to those online. Uh, we continue our study of prayers in the scripture or what the scriptures revealed to us about praying. Um, we uh, today are going to take a look at uh, the blessing prayer uh, from numbers six. Um, however, before we do that, I thought you'd like to see a couple pictures so uh, this is us, this is, Tr- this is Trinity College uh, in Dublin. And uh, we were going to see the Book of Kells, but I was outvoted four to one. So, um, and by the way, you can just go to the gift shop and see all, you know, what the Book of Kells looks like. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but we were on campus um, and it's, if you've, if you've not been to Dublin, it's, it's literally in the middle of town. If you didn't know you were walking through it, you wouldn't know necessarily. uh, Certain parts of it. So that's Trinity College. What else do I have here? Oh, there's me having tea. Uh, That's right. Delicious scones. Uh, The owner of this place, Queen of Tarts, are friends with the McKennas, Mike and Barb McKenna. So classic Irish hospitality. I asked if the owner was there. No, they called her and she came. And this is right in the heart of uh, Dublin too, not far from Christ Cathedral, which I thought I put in here. I guess I didn't. Uh, Christ Cathedral, uh, Christ Church is um, it's on the plot of land where the Vikings settled. And there is an uh, archaeological dig where they believe the first Abbey was. You could see the stone um, from like 1,000 AD. I mean, it's amazing, the timing. So, uh, so that was tea. Uh, this was beer. So we were... <laughs> Resolution's not great, but uh, they are proud of Guinness in Ireland. And, of course, Guinness is a family. You know, you learn the history um, of, of their work. And um, they have a beautiful new uh, place to take a tour. Um, The whole bottom floor is a a shop, if you will. And um, then you make your way up. Every floor teaches you a different aspect of brewing. Big myth of Guinness, that they drink it warm. They don't. Um, We actually went to a Guinness tasting class, part of your ticket, just so you know. And Because every day, they have people come in and taste the kegs that are going out. So they showed you what they do, get a little teeny. And then you make your way all the way up to the top, beautiful, beautiful view of the city, and you get a pint of beer as well. Didn't include those pictures. Uh, in here. This is the Cliffs of Moore, um, which is fascinating. Unbelievably beautiful. We were extremely fortunate with the weather. Um, this was a bus a day tr- trip that we took from Dublin, so we, it's geared for Americans. It's called Paddy Wagon Tours. <laughs> uh, so you catch the bus around eight o'clock in Dublin. They drive first, I think I told you to the Barack Obama rest stop. Um, and where at the rest stop, they have a a, a whole top floor. Um, teaching about the American presidents who were Irish. It's actually really interesting and well done. Then you go on to a castle. They show you, a, you don't go in the castle, but they show you, this is what a castle looks like in Ireland. Then you get to the Cliffs of Moher. So this is the Atlantic Ocean. And um, what's fascinating is they do not monitor where you go. There's, a, there's signs saying, this is the official path. You shouldn't go off this path, but people do, and people fall off and die. I mean, you... You do not live that fall, just so you know. Um, so we have lots of, there's, we have a ton of pictures from the close of more, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, that's good. And then the last one today, and I'll have more for you in two weeks too. Um, these are the Harmons. We met Harmons. This is the town, this is Tanakh. This is where the Harmons are from. So It gives you an idea of how rural it was. So this is Richard Harmon and his wife Margaret. And this is their daughter, ironically enough, Carol Harmon, which is my mother's name. So, And uh, they welcomed, we were in their home, we, they wanted to give us tea, and we've actually emailed a couple times back and forth too. Uh, I had a picture of my great-great-grandfather, not the one who immigrated, but his grandson. And interesting, when I showed him the picture, uh, Rich, Richard said he he looks like, some people in his family. And when my father saw this picture, um, the Harmons in Baltimore used to be the gatekeepers of a Catholic school in Baltimore. It still still exists. And my father remembers his uncle, who was the gatekeeper, and he said that Richard looks just like him. Kind of interesting, right? So there you go. You come to Bible study, you get special treats. <laughs> Uh, Next week, there is no Bible study. Next week is Vacation Bible School. And I believe that Tara has put together a uh, prayer walk for you to do where you live. So there will be more information about that. Um, we'll We'll meet the following week, and I'll have London pictures for you. Okay? So let's pray. Gracious God, King of glory, we thank you and praise you for a beautiful day. We ask you now to send your Holy Spirit. Uh, so that our faith and knowledge of you may increase. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, one of the things that we want to be sure to talk about when we're talking about prayer life uh, is the prayer of blessing. And so I thought it would be uh, fun, actually, to to study the Arianic blessing that we use um, at most of the ends of our of our worship services. So if you turn to Numbers, chapter six, we're gonna read uh, we're gonna read it. I want you to see where it is. Uh, as you read it, as we read it today, there's two separate questions I have for you. As always, I'm curious uh, what you hear now that you're hearing it outside of a normal routine. What speaks to you? The other thing I would like to know from you after we read it is what do you hear on Sundays when we say it? And you can be honest about it. (laughs) Uh, What do you hear on Sundays? What does it mean to you to have that blessing put upon you? Okay? So for the sake of our friends online, I'm going to read it. This is from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord spoke to Moses saying... Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So just so you know, there's a, we have a lot of other passages to look at today. So I've included them. This is why we have the projection. I, I have them up here because there would be a lot of turning today. But Before we get to that, what did you hear today and what do you hear on Sundays? Just make sure you tell me which you're doing. John, hold on a second. For
1: Being true to myself, I have a question that's not exactly that. My question is, is this only to be used at ceremonially, or if I see some person on the street on a random Thursday, can I look at them in my heart, pray this prayer for them?
0: Absolutely.
1: That was that's my question. Yeah.
0: I would say for me, uh, go to Greg for me. For me personally, um, one of the most moving times to say this, this prayer to people is um, at their death when I'm by their bedside um, and this, the, the deep, rich significance that means for them in that moment, you know. Great.
2: Well, I guess I may be uh, confessing my own ignorance at the same time. <laughs> but the mere fact that it says that the Lord spoke to Moses, telling him to use this blessing, uh, that, that is an awareness that I did not have to this point. And it means uh, I don't know. If it, it puts it a place of much more power and mm. a, and meaning. I think when when it's not just
0: someone that came up. Bless with Jesus' it, blessing. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Greg, this is why you come to Bible study, right? <laughs> uh, I tell the boys all the time when they get frustrated with their homework. I say. Uh, this is what homework's for, right? To help you know what you do, do know and you don't know. Don't feel don't, you don't have to get it all right. To your point, um, I find it fascinating that what the Lord's goal is here, right? And we see that in 27, uh, which I also think sometimes we, we kind of neglect when we're hearing it, right, which is I will put my name upon the people, place my name upon them, and I'll bless them.
3: Where I grew up, we had large birthday parties of seven brothers and two sisters, my aunts and uncles. And when they would have a birthday party, the very last thing they would do is sing this.
0: Really? Really. Beautiful. That
3: happened all the time.
0: Yeah. Excellent. The back. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're there. Sorry.
3: I had
1: sort of the same experience when I was a kid. Uh, We always used to. Close our youth
4: group meetings with this, and uh, I never realized that it came right out of the scripture. Yeah, right, Barbara. Whenever
3: I hear this, I I I automatically hear in my head sevenfold amen that I've sung so many times. I don't know that, but uh, it's just beautiful,
0: and yeah. I've sung it. In Every choir I've ever been in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, from TLH, right? At the end of uh, at the end of TLH, page five or fifteen. It's not just one amen. It's three, right? Amen, amen. Amen. My whole life, I knew that, right? Karin. Yeah.
3: Um. This makes me feel very warm.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: Angel feathers, or sure. whatever we want to say. <laughs> yeah, is cupcakes. Um, in church, <laughs> it is um, so satisfying to hear this and say this because when I receive the forgiveness from you or the pastor at the altar, and I hear this, I just
4: kind of take a deep breath. Yeah,
3: and thank God for that.
4: Okay, thank you for sharing that, Pastor. This is not original with me, but uh, I think it's Pete Stanky that makes the point that
2: um, mothers who do a lot of FaceTime with their infant uh, results are a confident and uh, secure child. Mm.
4: So this is God's intimate way of relating mm. to us, FaceTime. Yeah, I love that. Jim?
2: Uh, Carol and I went to the same high school. I was a senior when she was a junior. We sang in the chorus. This is how long ago it was. We used to sing this at the end of every one of our presentations. Huh? The Lord bless you and
0: keep yeah. you. Yeah. Not anymore. I don't think we. <laughs> Not anymore.
4: Did they? Yeah. yeah. When I was in college, I was in. Choir and we the same thing, and it was it was a thing.
0: And every time I hear it, I... yeah, you know, you could be in a choir today, a King of Glory. <laughs> <Just> saying, <laughs> uh, "You have to speak to Krista about the, that that part of it." <laughs> okay, good, yeah, and I, I'll say for uh, for me, and I'm sure Pastor Beck would. Have would agree with this, is that it's a great honor for us to be able to, s- to speak those words to you, uh, mindful that you are about to go wherever you're going to go. Um, yet, I, uh, of course, am concerned, my theme the last couple of weeks, I'm concerned that perhaps we're not always hearing uh, those words, it's at the end, got to go, Harmon's gone too long, right? <laughs> um, and so uh, it is good to pause and say, okay, what what is being said and why is it said and and what does it mean? And yeah, Greg, you're right. First thing to remember here is that the Lord commands this blessing upon his people. And we also see here um, what are the duties of the priest, right? He gives this responsibility here. Uh, the answer still is yes. To you, But here he gives this responsibility to the priest over the community, right? Um, and I would say that in the prayer format, it's a prayer that God would grant his gracious presence among the people and watch over the people. Um, and, and again, think about the rest of Sunday, right? Or Tuesday. You ever have a day where you go, what is today? Oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> you know? um, that, that that prayer is still with you, that God, watch over me, be present in my life, right? Um, so, yeah, this is why it's said. Uh, if you look, I'm going to give it to you, at Leviticus 9.22, um, we, we see sort of this priestly offering, right? Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Some would argue that maybe he's saying the same thing or a version of it here. So why am I showing you that? The lifting up of the hands, right? Where do we get the concept? Um, Whenever I do preschool chapel, I tell the children at the end, uh, boys and girls, I'm going to pray a special blessing on you. And because I want it to be on you, I'm going to lift my hands up. How do you explain to a three-year-old, right? And inevitably, what they they will lift their hands back up at me, right? You know. So because I know they're going to do that now, I say I'm going to bless you, and you bless me. All right. And sometimes I use this. Sometimes I'll use something that I talked about in that day um, as well. Uh, this blessing in number six concludes a section of the text dealing with the bulk of Israel's priestly legislation, and implicitly promises that those who keep the law, blessings will follow. So, which makes sense here in numbers, right? God has established the law, you keep the law, blessings will follow. Just so you don't get too bent out of shape about that, um, we, we still believe that basic premise today. God does not withhold his blessings from us. Our blessings come because of his grace, but we are blessed when we follow the law.
4: What is the law? What is the law?
0: Love your neighbor and love God. When, when Christ is asked, what's the summation of the law? Uh, that's what he says, right? Um, is there any word in the blessing that means that that speaks to you more than another?
4: Carol? Make his face shine upon you. Right? We're going to we're going to talk about that. Yeah.
0: Peace, Mary. Keep you. Okay? We're going to talk about that for for me, today it's peace. It varies depending on the day, right? Um, so we want to look at some of these words, some of these phrases, and see what they mean. So let's go to verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, and you shall say to them. Yes, we've already identified this. God is the author. Uh, Moses is the mediator. And the reason I like that imagery is that, um, as people of faith, we, we would do well to remember that in our witness of prayer life. That who we are and what we're doing comes to us by God. He has given that to us and we are the mediators, or another good word is, the stewards of the message of the gospel. Uh, and all that comes with that message. Uh, the priests are the ones who pronounce the blessing, and I think I have something. Nope, I missed that one. See, so I go through my notes, and then I go and get the scriptures in there. The blessing is to put Yahweh's name on the people. Larry, can you go to Jim, please? Um, and the name is also put on them uh, when they follow him, right? So to me, uh, there's a beauty of that, that I'm not just speaking words to you. I'm not just putting words at you. What I'm praying is that God will place himself on you and rest on you as you go. Jim. Uh, It strikes
2: me the Lord really wanted to emphasize this is pretty important because in verse 22, he's talking to Moses and he could have said, uh, this is how you should teach the people to pray. That would have been... Could have said the same thing. Yeah. But then he says, uh, he says to Moses, "Tell Aaron this, and tell Aaron's sons this." So he w- it sounded like he wanted to make sure that the word got out
0: at yeah. least two generations down. Yeah. Keep this going, right? Yeah. Yeah, John. So
1: my question, tacking onto what
0: Jim said, is:
1: Are you a son of Aaron? Is it to you too? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's in, conve- in convention now. Maybe they're debating that. <laughs> uh, you know, what's the priestly role uh, today? Uh, I know you mean it genuinely, so I'm trying to think of a genu- genuine answer to you. Um, on on one level, um, w- Luther himself would say, "There's the priesthood of believers." Right, so we all have a priestly duty on on some level, and I think that's part of the strength of our church is that um, it, it doesn't funnel through necessarily one, but our 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 power and witness is that we all have a calling. Uh, however, we would say that yes, the pastoral office is setting apart someone to administer the rights and privileges of the church on the church's behalf. So uh, you could call me Aaron, but I prefer Bill. <laughs> so I think there's some of that in there. You know, it's not, in Lutheranism, it's not as clear as Catholicism. But certainly when you extended me a divine call, right, think about those words. You, you, ex- you, didn't, you didn't give me a contract. You ex- extended me a divine call. You felt it was God's will that I be here, and I affirm that I thought it was God's will that I be here. And in doing that, you have given me certain responsibilities on your behalf, on God's behalf, right? Primarily, preach the word and administer the sacraments. And so, yeah, part of preaching the word would be these blessings, right? Bestowing these blessings upon uh, you know upon people. One of my other favorite pl- One of my other favorite blessings to pray is the baptismal blessing. Uh, At the end of a baptism, you know, the hand of God protects you. His holy angels accompany you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit causes grace to be mighty upon you, now and forever. Amen. We say that to every child and adult that's baptized. What are we doing there? Same thing. We are are pressing on them the presence of God and reminding them, that just what happened there continues their whole life, their whole life through. There's other places we see blessings. This is Deuteronomy 7, uh, 13 to 14. Does someone want to, does someone want to read that? We'll, go, we'll get the microphone to you. I don't have to read everything. Uh, I'll read this one. You'll read the next one. So decide now who's going to read it. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your room, the crops of your land, your grains, new wine and olive oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. In the land he swore to the ancestors to give you. You will be blessed more than any other people. None of your men or women will be childless, nor will any of your livestock be without young. Wow, right? That's quite a blessing. Skip the words. Hear me out. Skip the words. What, are we, what is God saying? When you're with me, there's abundance. That's exactly right. When you're with me, there's an abundance of blessing. All right, here we go. Who's going to do this one? Deuteronomy twenty-eight, three, six. We got to wait till Larry comes to you. All right, Larry, you do it. Uh, Barbara, go ahead. Wait, wait for the microphone. All right, I'm sorry, Pat. I didn't see you. There, there'll blessings. be more.
3: All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land, and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flock. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out.
0: Yeah. Now, we have to be careful here. Thank you. We have to be careful here. Um, there is a, mm, I would say it's a heresy. Pastor, you tell me if you think it's a heresy. There's prosperity theology, right? where we read a text like this and say, if you, if you believe God, you test God, and he will give you all these things. We would not profess that belief uh, necessarily. However, and by the way, you see a lot of on TV, a lot of prosperity theology on TV. Interesting enough, it always typically has something to do with what you send the guy. <laughs> right you really want to be blessed you'll bless me first and then will you'll be blessed too um again i think to what greg was saying before what we're seeing here is when god blesses you he gives he gives you an abundance if you were able to be with us last week we talked about the glorious his glorious riches right and how um inexhaustible they were at one service Sunday, I said the wrong in some, I said another word and I had catch myself. Exhaustible, what did I say? It was like inexcusable or something. No, 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 inexhaustible, right? That his blessings are beyond measure. And uh, so then you'll have a skeptic say, all right, so I have to obey God to receive his blessings? Uh, yes. And here's what I mean by that. When you're with God, blessings abound. When you're not with god he's honoring your request not to be there now, does that mean that you don't that you're not- uh passively blessed? Sure, Luther himself would say um, you know even the sinners, even the unbelievers can see God in creation and and God witnesses to them in creation right so there are blessings that God just gives to the earth that they would blessed from but when we have a living relationship with god our expectations uh, would be that he's going to bless us now will he bless us with everything we tell him we want to be blessed by (laughs) or with not necessarily Um, and by the way who does the blessing verse 27 we hear god not aaron not moses and for the record not bill Harmon. okay so the summary of 24 to 26 uh, is sort of this poetic nature, which I, I don't know that I ever noticed till I studied this for you. Notice what happens. Um, uh, someone wrote it this way. The blessing is like a trickle that eventually flows into a strong stream of blessing. So here, ready? Watch my hands. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Each, each phrase gets broader and bigger and more expansive. Isn't that beautiful to think of? Right? Uh, so the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. And even the poetic writing of it, each phrase is a bit longer. Right? Um, So we rejoice in a stream of blessings that God gives to us. Uh, P. Miller, a theologian that I was reading for this, said, the first clause of each verse invokes God's movement toward his people, while the second asks him to act on behalf of his
4: people. Right? So the
0: first is the Lord moving toward you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. So the first piece of it, you see, uh, you see grace in the blessing. What are we asking God in that prayer? Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, right? Come to us. That's the grace of God, coming to his people. And not only come to us, but act on our behalf. None of this prayer is seeking you to do anything. All of this prayer is seeking God to come to us and to act in our lives. And, and therefore, then, when we receive that blessing at the end, to me, it's the cherry on top of grace. Right? You sh- look, at our worship, look at our worship flow. Look at our beautiful liturgy, right, as Christians in the Lutheran Church. We start the service with grace. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? We gather because he has called us to gather and invites us to gather around him. Not everyone thinks that, by the way. <laughs> there, there are lots of people who think uh, we're gathering because we want to be there. No, it's God who, can you go to Barbara, please? That's inviting us in. Next part, we confess our sins, right? Where's the grace? God forgives you. Next part, the word of God is proclaimed. Grace. Next part, the sacraments are administered. Grace. And then right before you leave, just so you know, grace. Right? Barbara. Microphone, Barbara.
3: we were members of a congregation where quite a few members. I don't know the percentage, would regard the uh, Holy Communion as the pinnacle of the service. Yeah. And then on their way down the aisle back to their seats, they just beat it out the back door. Yeah. And uh, the pastor particularly stressed on several occasions the importance of this blessing, and it's not just traditional window dressing at the end of
0: the service. Yeah. Good. I know that for a time, I don't remember when, but in my tenure here, uh our friends at St. Bede's had this problem particularly. And I think it was Monsignor Keeney, it could have been the one before Father A before him, who who actually stopped the service and had to give give the same talk, you know. Um Yeah. What there there are important things that happen after the Eucharistic feast, right? Um, one of the most important things, and we do it, we do it more, most intentionally at eight, uh, but we do do it at the other services too, which is we thank the Lord and sing his praise for what he's done here. And we receive it as a call to tell everyone what he has done. Right? And, and then we offer a prayer. Lord, now that we receive received this gift of blessing, inspire us, move us, whatever. And then, yes, now that we've all had all these good things, may God rest upon you as you go out. Yeah, all important things. Uh, so if you ever have the time, read Psalms 120 through 134. Um, it is believed by some theologians that those Psalms, are based on this blessing. That the psalmist has this blessing in mind when they're writing those psalms. And I'm going to show you some of that as we dissect some of the words that we talked about, right? Um, So, what does it mean to bless? I was listening to... uh, Political commentator yesterday, who was talking about the Mueller thing today, and I thought I learned something interesting. God bless you. They said uh, a good prosecutor never asks a question they are they 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 don't already know the answer to. So today, I'm hoping to be a good prosecutor. I already have the answer, but I'm asking you the question. <laughs> when you hear the word bless, what does that mean to you?
4: Carn. I think caring. Okay. So if you say God bless you, my feel... Yes. Okay. That, that you have compassion on me, carry me. Pastor. Having lived with brothers, uh,
2: to me, uh, we always competed. And so our conversations, oftentimes, well, I'm doing this, and you're doing you know, whatever. Yeah. You, know, if you come across and say, well, have a blessed day. Try to
4: cut the ice.
0: Yeah. The competition. Right.
4: That's a useful way to. Okay, sort of an equalizer, right? On some level. Okay. Yeah, Larry. I always think that our our value comes
1: from God because He blesses. So that's that's what it's not our job or whatever. It's the fact that we are blessed by God that gives us value.
0: Okay. Yeah and you look at you look at these words here in these two passages, right um, these I like that, Larry. These are things of value, <coughs> excuse me, for the people um so yeah the lord um, the Lord not only values you, but may He give you all that he has of value, right um, Some would say that blessing is um, the power to be fertile. You saw that in both these Deuteronomic
4: blessings, um, abundant and prosperous, fertile, abundant, prosperous.
0: John, yeah, I'm sorry. I
4: like the fact in
1: my relationship with God that it is not specific. Okay. That he is the one that decides what is good. Maybe all those things in the previous passage there are with your economic life and things like that, but if you don't know Jesus, then that is meaningless good. So it's, God, you, you be good to this person where they are, I don't know. Yeah. I appreciate being able to do that, but he's given us a word that we can use. We don't really
0: know. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think it's very fair. And with that in mind, let's, you, Carol Dover and then Elizabeth. Uh, but before you go, let's use those three words and think about how powerful that blessing would be, right? Because some would say that uh, God is, we're praying to God to give the faithful community uh, abundance and fertility in all areas of their life. So could it also be that we pray for his abundance and his life and fertility upon each other? So think about it this way. Um, may, f- may the gift of faith, be fertile in you. These aren't words that we would, it would be awkward, to your point earlier, it'd be awkward to go up to a stranger at Chick-fil-A today and say, I feel in my heart that God would be fertile to you, right? It's <laughs> would be strange, it be strange. But the fertility of faith, the fertility of belief, uh, the fertility of confidence in the gospel, wow, that's a blessing, Right? or abundance, and uh, I talked about this on Sunday in my sermon, right? Uh, When we say, um, bless us, O Lord, in these thy gifts, the abundance of those blessings, and I like that. It's not necessarily that we know what those blessings should be upon you, but whatever it is, we want it to be abundant upon you, and we want your witness and your life in Christ to be prosperous. So we look at this Uh, Sure, do we want people to be well and to to be fed and and to be secure uh, temporally? Fine. I think that's that's a worthy prayer. But, of course, the nature of the church is that they also have these same things spiritually, more importantly, spiritually. Carol.
3: Another blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious and the Lord keep us. What is it now? The Lord bless you and keep you.
4: This is this one, right?
3: Well, it's the, the end is be gracious unto you. Be gracious you, unto you, so Yes. grace.
0: Yes. Yeah.
3: I'll make his face shine upon you. Yeah. Be gracious.
4: Yeah. Elizabeth. I would hope that the
3: blessing includes good health.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I think for us, right, For for us today... Uh, we've got the the, uh, the two kingdoms, right? The the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of the flesh, and the spiritual kingdom. So I think it's very appropriate for us to be able to say, I wish you good health. I wish you good uh, life, l'chaim, uh, right, to life. I wish you um, your good welfare, safety, protection, right? Um, when we went to Europe, my mother prayed over us before we left, right? And that's a good thing to do. Um, so, yes, I think that, and we see that in these passages. Yet,
4: um, what we're,
0: what we should be most concerned about is that, that, that they have good spiritual health, right? And, um, and by the way, we, the beauty of, the, of that blessing is you don't have to define it. I wish you good health. We may mean both. They may hear one, (laughs) right? But if we're praying the blessing, it can be both, right? Um, Just so you know, on Sundays, when I'm saying it, I'm talking about your spiritual welfare. Because I do believe, Scripture is clear to us, that when we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else then is added unto us. And we struggle, even in Christendom, to have that priority, the kingdom of God first. All right, so here's where we see blessing in the Psalms. Uh, it is as it is written to do, uh, it is as if the dew of Hermon uh, were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life uh, forevermore. Uh, Psalm 134 May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who is the maker of heaven and earth. So again, I'm just trying to show you where in this, the psalmist may have looked back and then used these same words. All right. Keep. What does keep mean? Protect. Okay.
4: Preserve. Yeah. Hold close.
0: John is following the rules and waiting for the microphone.
1: This always makes me think of Jesus talking about my father is stronger than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's Mm. hand.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of like this, right? Keep you, yeah, I think um, uh, we would say um, perhaps here preserving you, keeping you in the power of God, in the safety of God. Um, um, What we see, let me see if I have all these in here. I do. All right, so here, uh, Psalm 121, keep. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. You don't know this one. He who watches over you will not slumber. He who watches over Israel, neither slumber or sleep. The Lord, we say this in funeral services at gravesides, by the way. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. So a couple things that we see in Scripture. First, God has the power to guard and uh, preserve his faithful servants um, regardless of their paths. Let's read this together, Genesis 28. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Right? That's our God. Our God has the power to watch over you and keep you wherever you are, Whatever you're doing. God can also watch over his servants uh, in battle. Part of here, First Samuel 3. Let's read it together. David replied, No, my brothers, you must not do what, with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered us into it. I can't read today. You just read it. Yeah. I'm looking at the screen, but I'm not saying the words that are there. I don't know why that is, but... Um, so, we, and by the way, when we did the story, which we're going to do in a year, next ministry year, we're going to do the story again. Get you back, get that word in again. Uh, what we see time and again in the Old Testament, particularly, is the hand of God able to protect us, able to guard us. So they, they, the Israelites would hear this, and that would mean something to them. What does that mean for us today? Well, it could mean our spiritual battles. It could mean our. You know, battles with the retirement fund. I don't know. Right? I mean, we, we have all kinds of battling. I would say mostly spiritual battles for us here. And finally, God keeps. Um, he is the keeper of his uh, covenant. I'm going to try to read this right with you. Ready? If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. Interestingly, God will keep his covenant regardless of that because God does not break his covenant. Uh, you may break it, but he will not. Um, to me, going back to this imagery of Christ, you know, no one will snatch them. I also love this image that um, God will not abandon you. He will keep his promise to love you. And sometimes we really need to be reminded of that. Larry.
4: I like the
1: theme in Psalm 91 where it talks about protecting. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Yeah. with thine eyes shall thou be and see the reward
0: of the wicked. Beautiful psalm. Absolutely. And you gave us a little King James. I like that. <laughs> Well, I don't care for it, but I like that you did it, right? <laughs> uh, what else can keep, uh, keep you close, faithful? Strong? Okay, I'm reading my own notes. Right, so we've covered all this. Um, and by the way, he keeps you not because he must. He keeps you because he wants. That's the beauty of God's relationship with you. It's a, it's a relationship of grace. He wants to keep you in his care. He wants to keep you in relationship with him. The Lord bless you and keep you, right? Uh, And now we get to uh, the face of God, right? Um, We're asking God to show his presence to his faithful people, uh, to show his face, to lift us up. One thing that we know from Scripture is that when God doesn't show his face, it's usually a mark of his displeasure, Anger. So I'll read this to you. And in that day, I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them and they will be destroyed. Many disasters and calamities will come on them. And in that day, they will ask, have not these disasters come on us because our God is not with us? And I will certainly hide my face in that day because of all their wickedness and turning to other gods. So this gives us this this beautiful realization that um, the reason we say the Lord make his face shine upon you is because when his face is not shining upon you, uh, he is not present. He is not there. And the Old Testament look at that would be, uh, it's, it's because of you. Let's not be mad at God here. It's because of you. What have they done? They're, they have turned to other gods. Uh, they have decided to abandon the relationship with God there. Now, we're not doing a study on Deuteronomy 31, 7 to 18, 17 to 18, and we live in a resurrection time. We live in a uh, post-Easter time where we know that the, not only have we been blessed uh, to have the Lord's face shine upon us, he came himself. He, his, the, the kingdom of glory Was shown in the flesh of Christ. And therefore, we live in a new covenant and a new relationship with Him. To me, the beauty of this is may nothing throughout this next day, throughout this next week, even in your final moments of this life, keep you from the face of God shining upon you. We also know from Moses that the radiance of God um, and His face shining is overwhelming. So when he shows his face, it is good. And then I put here in my little notes, Jesus. So the goodness of God is revealed to us in the face of Christ, who is God in the flesh. So we we would be, do well to pause on that for a moment as Christian believers and say, um, uh, God's love for us is so Root it now that not only does he not hide his face, he has given us that face uh, through the salvation, the act of salvation on the cross, Christ himself. God's positive presence with his people issues, uh, in, brings forth grace and peace. Turn, I'll, I'll turn Pastor, Yeah. Uh, oh, that, Jim, yeah. That,
2: uh, that uh, whole um, passage there strikes me as uh, the Lord's not never saying I'm going to walk away from you and leave you and you'll have to come looking for me it, it just says I'll be angry with him and hide my face so when he doesn't like what you're doing he's still there he just turns the other way so he can't see you oh, good way to look at it you could still all you have to do
0: is re- repent of your Ways, and he'd turn around and look back at you. And how many times in Deuteronomy alone does God come back to His people (laughs) Uh, because of their change of heart? John one: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light. Shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. To me, um, the true light which enlightens everyone is coming into the world. There's the face of God, radiantly giving his light in the midst uh, of the darkness. So um, uh, we we live in the uh in the blessings of a resurrected Christ. Whose face shines upon us, whose light shines in our darkness, so we have here, darn it, and all the way I turned it away. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you let's talk about graciousness for a minute um, graciousness um, I thought oh I thought I found a great definition of grace because we always or ask, what does grace mean? I wish, I wish someone was here who normally comes here because they, they like to know this too. So this is from Timothy Ashley. Grace describes the attitude that issues uh, in kindly action of a superior party to an inferior one in which the inferior has no claim on the superior. I'll say it again. Grace describes the attitude that issues in kind action the kindly action of a superior party to an inferior one in which the inferior one has no claim on the superior. Right? So you've got the superior who's acting kindly on the inferior, and the inferior has no claim on the superior. It's solely out of the generosity of the superior upon the inferior. Now, I know we don't like to be called inferior, (laughs) but what a good way to look at that. His grace be upon you, meaning, uh, think about that for a moment. You, You have no accounting with God. You have no standing with God. And yet, may he give you his grace, his peace. May he give you these blessings. May he keep you, right? On some level... It's a little way it's a little way at the end of church to remember your place. All oh, right, I go out today um in the strength of a God who's given me everything. Who's made me everything. Greg, are you okay over there? You not like this definition? Okay, all right. Cuz I want you to be peaceful,
4: all right? By the way, I
0: I have had, uh, uh, I have actually had someone not come to worship because I did not say the word countenance, in the, the word countenance. So the Lord lifted up his countenance upon you. When they stopped coming, I called them up, and that was the reason they weren't coming. Like that? That's the reason? Yeah, okay. All right. I'll try to remember to say it. Um, <laughs> what does all this do? What does all this do? See the flow. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. The Lord put His countenance upon you, and what? I find it interesting
4: that that's where we land. Give you peace. What does that mean? What does peace mean to you? Calm. Secure. You can shout it, John, unless it's long. Okay?
0: I'm not an enemy of God. I'm a friend of God.
4: I am a friend
0: Sorry? Quiet joy. All right?
4: Comfort. Okay? All right.
0: Yeah, I think those are all good. Um, could it be another definition of peace? is not simply the absence of conflict, right? Which is sort of a cultural word for it, if you will. But the fullness of life and wholeness uh, in all that God has to offer.
4: The fullness of life and
0: wholeness in all ways of life. So may you have... Uh, so let hear it this way. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you the fullness of life and the wholeness
4: in all areas of your life, temporally and spiritually. What a beautiful prayer,
0: right? Um, gosh, I think of all the people... Uh, hear a king of glory who are in conflict, Uh, not with each other, who have conflict in their life. Um, And my prayer is that on Sunday, as they prepare to meet that conflict again, they would hear that. They would hear that and then pray it, right? Uh, Not only am I praying this blessing upon you, but perhaps you pray it. Lord, Lord, bless me. Keep me. Lord, make your face shine on me today. Be gracious to me. Lord, lift up your countenance upon me. Bring that person back to church. And give me peace. That's a good prayer, right? And that's what we're praying for you uh, as well. Our time is up. I, I really enjoyed reviewing this. Can you go to Debbie uh, Ward, please? I will certainly plan to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, but to me, it's always good to, uh, and I've made a note, I just keep, frankly, I keep forgetting to do it, so forgive me, but I've made a note several times that that um, throughout the year, we should pause for two minutes and just explain one portion of the liturgy that day, right? Um, just a pause it. You know, here's the invocation, and here's why we're doing it today, right? Uh, not an hour long on number six, but doo, 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 uh, because the assumption is everyone knows why we do it, and I don't think that that's the case. So keep on me. You keep on me, all right? Uh, it's not that it's not written somewhere. It's just a matter we get into it. So um, Georgian Atrots having knee surgery today. Uh, Jim is having his rhythm Back. I offered to do it with my jumper cables, but <laughs> he wasn't too trusting on that. Uh, um, uh, Diane Avenel, uh, she, cut, she cuts my hair, but she goes to church here. Her mother died yesterday, uh, so we pray for her. And we pray for the people who are, in, who are struggling with conflicts in their lives, which they don't want in the prayer guide. They don't want us to announce, but they're real and they're there. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Mighty King, thank you for this opportunity to, to, to study more deeply words that we often say and hear. And in studying them, Lord, may they be ever more powerful uh, in our lives. We pray for those in our prayer guide, that you would bless them and keep them in your care. We continue to pray for the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate and Convention, that your spirit would be active and alive there. We pray, Lord, for Georgianne and for Jim and for Diane. And, Lord, for all those who are in conflict, whose names we don't lift before you. May they know your peace today. And so, Lord, as we uh, finish together this morning, I pray this prayer upon your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and his people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.